0: It's not so uncommon to discover a novel through a movie. A lot of Americans discovered the writer James M. Cain through other people's movie adaptations Wait. of his books. Oh, stop David Madden, for example, was a teenager growing up in Knoxville, Tennessee, and he saw them all. You mean you want to go back, huh?
1: I want to be somebody.
2: The Postman to... always rings twice, and Mildred Pierce uh, especially, and then Double Indemnity, And I was an usher at the time, so it was much more powerful in that I listened to the dialogue and watched the images over and over. You mean you want to go back, huh? I want to be somebody. And the fascination was hearing the uh, previews and the showing of the book and James M. Cain's The The Postman Always Rings Twice. Based on the famous novel by James M. Cain.
0: So back then, Madden, now a professor and author, he's since written three books on Cain was inspired to read the novel, The Postman Always Rings Twice, which opens with the line, They threw me off the hay truck about noon.
3: They threw me off the hay truck about noon. I had swung on the night before, down at the border, and as soon as I got up there under the canvas, I went to sleep.
0: Madden was hypnotized by the tough-guy first-person voice and the breakneck speed of the plot.
2: Frank Chambers walks into a cafe beside the highway, and 20 pages later... Uh, he's kissing the wife of the owner, and they're planning his murder. And they just met, and it's totally convincing.
3: We would break the door down, find him, and call the doctor. In the end, we figured it would look like he had slipped in the tub, knocked himself out, and then drowned. I got the idea from a piece... In the During paper. the
0: Great Depression, many readers had become hooked on author James Malahan Kane. He was born in Annapolis, Maryland, in 1892, the son of an English professor and an opera singer. He odd-jobbed around after college, found his way to newspaper work, and later wrote sharp, satirical essays and commentaries for magazines, like The Nation and the Saturday Evening Post. While he was at The New Yorker, where he was managing editor in 1931, Hollywood called. Kane moved out to California to try his hand at screenwriting. He did it for the money, and he wasn't very good at it.
2: Partly because of his general attitude about movies from the time he was a kid looking at slapstick comedies, he made a comment about how boring they were and how stupid and silly, and he just didn't think movies were very good.
0: Ironically, it was once he started writing books that Hollywood got really interested. Not in his dialogue so much, but in his style, his fast-moving plots, says film noir aficionado Eddie Muller.
1: You know, when he wrote The Postman Always Rings Twice in 1934, MGM immediately bought it to turn it into a movie because it just seemed like it was obvious that this was a movie.
0: For one thing, there was that speed. You could pretty much read his books in one sitting, just like a movie. Even more important, Kane was asking the reader to identify with everyday, ordinary characters, giving in to their worst I impulses.
3: I looked at the wrench under the dashlight. It had a few drops of blood on it. I uncorked a bottle of wine and poured it on there till the blood was gone.
1: What set him apart was that Kane made the villains the protagonists, which to me is almost... How you would define
3: true noir. I poured more wine over where I wiped the wrench.
0: In Postman, Frank and Cora, carrying out the murder of her older husband. That was a whole
3: new thing. The wine bottle gave a gurgle where a little of it was running out the crack. And
1: that's why it took so long
3: for Hollywood
1: to figure out how to adapt his stories, which were... In some ways, they're so cinematic, they're so perfect for the screen, but, but yet there was a production code, in effect. So the idea of making the protagonists the bad guys was out of the question until Billy Wilder figured out how to do it in Double Indemnity.
0: Well,
3: listen, that trip to
1: Palo
0: Alto, when does he leave? End of the month. That was the movie that broke the mold. These murderous protagonists were played by big movie stars.
1: There's a clause in every accident policy, a little thing called Double Indemnity.
0: This was no B-picture. This was an A. That means they
1: paid double on certain accidents, the kind that almost never happened. Barbara Stanwyck was the highest paid woman in the United States of America when she made that film. To actually have a handsome, appealing guy like Fred McMurray play a murderer and Barbara Stanwyck play a murderer, it signaled a major shift in what was possible in
0: Hollywood movies. Once they cracked it, one, two, three years in a row, Kane's depression novels were made into films, an unparalleled streak. The incredible double indemnity was 1944. In the next two years after that came Postman and Mildred Pierce, the movie from his longer, third-person novel. Mildred was the story of a complex mother-daughter relationship.
2: Get your things out of this house right now before I throw them into the street and you with them. Get out before I kill you.
0: And that was another Kane contribution.
1: He wrote great female characters, much, much better than his contemporaries in the genre.
0: Muller maintains that in Kane's universe, and later in film noir, women were permitted to be the complete equals of men.
1: They were equally tempted, equally compromised, and equally guilty.
0: But the irony remained. James M. Kane had written the novels that were the basis of the movies, the plots, the characters, the tone. But he didn't write the movies themselves. The films may have overshadowed Kane's work as a novelist, even as they brought his work to light. And it could have been that very paradox that sent Kane home to Maryland, feeling he had failed in Hollywood. Of course, that didn't change what he did, realigning our perspective, pushing us to recognize in ourselves, perhaps, a certain moment.
1: That Kane moment, when an average person realizes, what they're capable of, and it's not good. He knew how to get inside the minds of people doing bad things. That's really what he brought to American letters and what I think in the end his great contribution is.
0: As for David Madden, the former usher turned Kane scholar, he got to know the hard-boiled author a bit later in his life. He notes Kane was a little like his hard-boiled books.
2: He was always very frank, to the point, and full of wisecracks, but not smart-alecky, you know. It, it was just out-of-the-side-of-the-mouth kind of
0: talk. From out of the side of his mouth and brain, Kane did plenty for a whole era of movies. What did he finally think about the movies themselves? He had a stock answer, a very James M. Kane answer.
2: Well, Mr. Kane, what do you think of uh, what the movies did with your novel? Well, they didn't do anything. The novel's right up there on the shelf.
0: Now we have it all. The movies inspired by his works are still classics, and the originals are still classics, too. In either medium, Kane's arresting style rings in our ears. For WNYC, I'm Sarah Fischke.